Hey everyone, welcome to another week of the podcast. My name is Jenna Grace May. I'm an artist, worship leader, songwriter, wife, friend, and lover of Jesus. You can find out more about me on my website, jennagracemay.com. Well, I'm back again. It's been a little while. That tends to happen, but life is moving fast and I've been going through a transition with uh, kind of where we're at in ministry and things like that and it's going really really good and I am excited to share with you what I want to talk about today. Um, Something that I've noticed in my story, I had a season of isolation or I felt like I was in a wilderness season or a desert season And one of the reasons that David and I even moved to Nashville, Tennessee, was because we were craving community. We were just dying for community that would run this race with us, alongside us, that we could talk to about ministry and music ministry and what it's like to be in music ministry, to be traveling. And we knew there were people here in this area that were doing the same things as us, and we wanted to be surrounded by people like that to run the race alongside and um, that was the main draw because we had experienced that through visits here we had come here and visited we met some people and we knew that um, this place is going to be really life-giving for us in that way and then we knew of course there were going to be many other ways that we just couldn't even predict that um, was going to be life-giving for us and so today I want to ask you the question Do you feel isolated or have you had seasons in your life where you felt isolated? And I definitely was very isolated and I was listening to a podcast today talking about um, songwriters and this guy was saying he would love to do an experiment where he took a songwriter that was not that great. These like mediocre, not that great. He actually compared it to Smelly Cat from Friends. So if you're a Friends fan just picture that smelly cat songwriter and put them in a community in a group of people that were excellent like top-notch high-quality songwriters that were writing songs that everybody was listening to all over the world and over a year watch them and see how they grow and how they progress and then also if they would take somebody who's super talented incredible incredible songwriter and put them in isolation and see what would happen and I think you could kind of predict that I mean if you've ever been in a season where you felt isolated but you felt like you had something to give and this is just my personal experience um I had a season where I was living in this pool house in um this tiny town in Tennessee and I it was very like I know that God had purpose in that season I do believe that those seasons of the secret place, which we should always be, you know, seeking out God in a secret place, spending time with him daily in the secret place. But sometimes he actually puts us in seasons of hiddenness. And um, I was definitely in this, I felt like my season of hiddenness actually lasted like 10 years, like really long time. Um, I mean, there was moments of um, getting to be seen and and do things, but most of it was very hidden. Um, but it was a good thing for me. I needed that. Um, but they got to a point where it turned from hiddenness to like straight up isolation. I was dying inside. I was like, I can't take this anymore. And so the pool house that I lived in, 
has actually like um, had just a downstairs kitchen and went out to the pool but then had just a set of stairs that went up to a bedroom there's no door or anything so the stairs kind of like turned curved around and it was upstairs and so I called it my tower and I was like I was dating David at the time we were doing ministry together we were traveling here and there and I was writing songs and um, but I was so isolated we didn't have a creative community where we were living there were no other songwriters and worship leaders that we knew of um, people just there it was a small town so I just had that small town vibe like people just kind of did their thing they didn't never they never left this town not many people came into this town your grandparents went to the same high school you went to that kind of small town thing and I actually did not grow up like that at all I moved around my whole life I was very adventurous traveling and wanting to be just out in the world constantly so here I am this little creative butterfly trapped in this tower and I would always call it my tower I'd be like David I'd be on the phone with him or at night or whatever and just be like David I've got to get out of here like I'm trapped in this tower I've God has got to get me out of here I don't know what I'm where I'm going I don't know what's next for us um, I knew that we needed to get married like we were we were engaged we were getting engaged we were gonna get married and all I knew was like I cannot wait for this season to be over I'm so isolated and um it just dawned on me that I needed to be a part of this community here in Nashville when we came and visited and I saw what was here and I was like, oh my goodness, I have to get out of there. And ever since, so for me personally, like I got through a series of events. This was not just like, bam, here I am. But there was a lot of things that happened that had to happen, things I had to face, things I had to overcome, things that God did miraculous works. A lot of stuff happened but we ended up here in Nashville and um, immersed ourselves in this community. And to be honest with you, it was really hard going from being in an isolated place to suddenly trying to build relationships. I actually was like, I forgot how to do this. Like, I don't know how to make friends. Like, I know that sounds really like sad or maybe a little pathetic, but like I had like relationships and I had people I knew because I'd been there for a long time back and forth. I'd never really, I was always really transient. Like I never really like dug in my roots there where I was because I was back and forth all these, I was a gypsy spirit, you guys, my twenties. I was like, it's a whole nother podcast. So by the time we moved here, I knew it was going to be long-term. I'm like, I'm in it for the long haul. I'm chasing this dream I have a call in my life I'm not gonna give up we're here but I realized like okay now I need to learn how to make friends again and be a friend and all this stuff but as I was doing that God put these amazing people in my life and it took some getting used to um, but it changed my life and we've been here three years and it's only getting better every day and being surrounded by community and all these wonderful people We've grown so much in our music. We've grown so much in our worship leaning and our in our musicianship as well. Um, and also just in being in ministry and community and caring for people. And um, it's been really, really great. So I, I just want to talk about what that does for you. I mean, you may not be doing music. You may not be a songwriter, but you could be a teacher or a coach or something else that you are trying to pursue this thing like you're trying to pursue it it doesn't matter how old you are you can always be pursuing a call on your life the giftings that are in your hand you always should be pursuing those things 
because God gave you, you know, like the parable of the talents, like he gave you these things, like don't bury them in the sand, multiply. And so continue to, to seek after that. And, um, if you feel isolated right now, number one, pray, always pray. God hears your prayers. I had to pray for friends. Like when we moved here, I prayed. I was like, God, I really need some friends. And so I just prayed for friends as simple as that seemed. And then keep your eyes open for those, those people. Keep your eyes open and then pursue and then just nurture and um, sow into relationships. So pray for, for God to put you around people. But this is really important. And this is something that I asked God specifically for. I wanted to be around people that were further down the road than me at what I was wanting to do people that were better than me and like most people want to be the best at whatever they are you know and that's that's great but if you're the best at whatever you are where you're at then you're not going to grow anymore you're just going to plateau you're going to think you've got it all together and you're not going to grow anymore you need to take yourself and put yourself in places where you're not the best at what you're doing. And that's really humbling, but it's so, so good for you on so many levels. And it'll, you'll rise, you will rise to the occasion. You will, you will rise to those around you. Um, so put yourself in those places where there are people that are better teachers, coaches, uh, I don't know. I can't think of a lot of professions right now. I'm very like creative minded, artistic, um, a ballet dancer. <laughs> like I'm very, uh, creative minded. So if there's a accountant, can you be like an excellent accountant? Of course you can put yourself around people that are great leaders in your field. Um, and, and allow yourself to glean from them, to learn from them. Um, get out of that isolation and you will rise. You will, you will rise. It will do things in your heart that are hard and difficult. And it will also do things in your heart that are wonderful. And um, you have to put yourself in those positions and, and pray for those people. Keep your eyes out for them. But also like not just, um, not just to rise and get better, but also you need to be around people that like really support you, that believe in you, that love you, that cheer you on. And then also the flip side that you support, that you love, that you cheer on, that you can help and that can help you. And there's just nothing more fulfilling than being in a community of people where you say, oh, you need this help I'll give you this help and then they when you need help they give you the help back and it's just it's so fulfilling I mean we're not meant to live alone we're not meant to do life alone and I have a couple bible verses here in Ecclesiastes 4 9 through 12 says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor if either of them falls down one can help the other up but pity the one who falls and has no one to help them up Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. I pray so much for you that you find that community where you guys can labor together, that you can find a good return for your labor together, that you can sow seeds together, that you can reap a harvest together, you can help each other up when one is down, you can pray for each other, you can you can defend each other when things come, opposition comes or, um, an accusing voice comes. You, you can defend these people that you care about, these friends that you love and they, and they can defend you. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. I know you probably heard that one a million times because it's at 
weddings. It was at my wedding. I'm looking right now at the painting on wood with the three strands and that we braided at our wedding. <laughs> it's right over there, quarter three strands. It's not quickly broken. And um, of course, centering that relationship around Jesus. Um, and then there's also Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. I love this verse. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. So I know it's really hard to meet together, continue to meet together. Um, One of the best things that when I was in kind of that isolation season, that hidden place season, um, a lot of that season... I was dealing with a lot of internal, like I needed some like inner healing. I needed God to just lavish his love upon me and heal a lot of wounds that I had collected over the years. And um, it was hard to trust other people. It was hard to put myself in a small group or a Bible study group or a group of other women or men and women um, that share life together, that sit in a circle eye to eye and share it. You know what I mean? That was really, really scary for me. But I had this woman who's a mentor to me. Her name's Jennifer. She's awesome. Jennifer, if you're listening, you're awesome. I talk about you all the time. She, um, she invited me to this Bible study. It was actually Breaking Free by Beth Moore which was amazing. So you should totally do that one if you're looking for a Bible study. Um, and that Bible study kind of cracked open the shell of, of healing and or cracked open my shell and allowed God to pour his healing inside of my heart really is what happened. And he did that through his word, through this Bible study, through the teaching, and also through these women. And, you know, if I had done that Bible study alone, it would have been nothing compared to how, doing that Bible study with those other women in that room and, you know, drinking coffee, eating some bagels, and being elbow to elbow in a circle, crying, sharing our stories, praying for one another. There is nothing like that, you guys. Like, you have to get over your fear and do it even afraid. Like, walk into that room, I guess. I kind of felt bad saying get over your fear because I can be afraid a lot. So I'm trying to be sensitive to that because I know that fear is like... It's really a challenge, anxiety. It's it's really a challenging thing. But um, God said, Jesus says, "Peace I give to you. Peace I leave with you. I don't give as the world gives. Like the world gives and takes away, but He doesn't do that. His peace is a covenant. His peace is a promise. His peace is here and now, and we can take hold of that. We can trust that we have that covering. And so, in those moments when you're afraid, you can take hold of the peace of Jesus Christ that is upon you, that is in, within you, and walk into a room." even if you're afraid. I have made decisions and choices that I was so scared. I remember walking into this um, camp that I started to work at at 19 years old, terrified of walking into a new situation with people I had no idea in a new town. I remember grasping that doorknob in my hand, shaking. But I'm telling you guys, I opened that door and on the other side of that door, my life changed. For 10 years, I worked at that camp and my life was changed and I still am living in the fruit of that so if you're afraid that is the enemy tell him no and it doesn't matter if you feel it or not you're empowered just by the word no in the name of Jesus Christ you have that authority you have Jesus living in you you have the victory over that and you're gonna have to just capture those thoughts take them capture take those thoughts captured 
And is that how you said it? Take those thoughts, capture. <laughs> capture those thoughts and and take hold of your peace that you've been given and walk into those situations and walk into that room. I don't know why I went on that tangent. I just know that I needed that cheerleading. So I'm here to just cheer you on and tell you to step into that thing, whatever it is that is in front of you that you're afraid of, but you know that is good. You know that is God. You have to choose that. He's The, the reward is so worth it. It is life-changing. So step into that brother or sister, whoever is listening to me, um, because we cannot give up on meeting together. We cannot give up on seeking that community, on, on doing life with each other, with one another. Your life will change when you find that community, when you find those other people that you look in their eyes and you do life together. And you guys, I'm going to just be kind of honest. It's probably not going to be your flesh and blood family. If it is, that's amazing. I am very close with my family, so close with my family. My sister, my brother, my mom and dad, I'm so close with them. Um, But the people that I've been able to really grow with have not been flesh and blood family. They've been brothers and sisters in Christ that were friends. Um, Because sometimes you need that distance, you know, um, from people that have walked through like every living and breathing moment of your life. (laughs) Sometimes you need that distance. And so you might have to find people that um, are just outside of that that flesh and blood family circle, at least to start with. Um, because sometimes it's nice to get that out. It, of course, it is very nice to get that outside perspective on you. And people can help you figure out why you are the way you are, why you do the way the things that you do or you react the way you react just by being vulnerable with a person that you can trust. Um, and that's also, I mean, like, it's even a counselor, like, you know, um, if you need someone to talk to, um, I completely uh, support and love counseling and think that that is a wonderful thing because honestly, like, it's really hard to see yourself for, and it's really hard to like see all this stuff, like the why you do all that you do. Um, Holy Spirit is, is our counselor. He is such a good counselor um, as well. You know, you can you can spend time with God in his word and the Holy Spirit can reveal these things to you as well, um, generationally in this things in your past. Um, but you also have to do that in community. And I'm going to keep pushing that, you know, you have your time in the secret place, but you have to have your time in community as well. So I'm going to, um, read from the Bible again. I'm going to pull it up here on my phone actually. And, um, I really love this verse of really loved it for a long time but I recently just read it in a different translation and it was just beautiful so I wanted to share that with you guys really quick it's from Acts 2 and it starts on verse 42 it says every believer this is talking about the church when we just first started gathering together after Pentecost every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles their hearts were mutually linked to one another sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer a deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders all the believers were in fellowship as one body and they shared with one another whatever they had out of generosity 
They even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. Daily they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with praises to God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. Oh, that is so beautiful. Okay, that is the Passion Translation. And I I love how it ends. It says, The Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. And that is what happens when you are in Christ, in community, and doing this. You, you come alive, and your dreams come alive, and you're able to take hold of things like I was talking about earlier, where you get better, when you're surrounded by people that are better than you, or further along the path than you, people that cheer you on. Things that are dead inside of you are going to come back to life. Dreams that you have buried and let go of are going to just come springing back to life when you step into this beautiful community that God has promised us that he's given us through his people and through his son and the Holy Spirit. He is so good. And I'm going to tell you a little story. If you're still with me, I know this one has been a little bit longer, but um, David and I have recently experienced basically what I just read to you in this verse. We um, have been through a transition, like I told you in the beginning, and we transitioned over to a new church. And that church is called Hope You See Nashville. And we absolutely love it. It is a church plant, so it's a it's not really small because it's growing very fast, but it it's smaller than the church that we were in by a lot. And we have loved the community there. It is um, a lot of families, a lot of, um, there, there's the grandparents, the child, and the grandchildren, like families, families that have come to be a part of this church. And um, it's a lot of new people that are just really hungry um, to see the Spirit of God activated in our lives, to see the signs and wonders of Jesus Christ that He has um, that he is actively doing and like that we have access to the people that love to worship and be in the presence of God. There's just this hunger and David and I were, were really hungry for that. And so the moment we walked into this church, we experienced that. Like we were mind blown. Our jaws were on the floor just by the things that the pastor was saying. Um, and just by the community and being around these loving, loving people that just immediately loved us. Like these mothers that were just coming up to me and just hugging me and excited to see me. And I'm kind of like taken back. I'm like, huh, like, why, why do you like me so much? And I mean, like, that's totally normal. If you feel these things like going into these places, don't pull away from it. Just lay into it, lay into that hug, nuzzle right in with the, you know, the hair, the curly poofy hair, you know, the grandmother hair, whatever, and, and just embrace it. God loves you so much. And he uses his people to show you how much he loves you. And so we'd experienced that, um, not only just the love and the welcoming, um, and the worship, just being together in this freedom of worship and expression and just adoration and and just holy adoration that you could just feel the presence of God when we're all just so hungry for him he never fails to just manifest his presence when his people are just lavishing lavishingly loving him (laughs) trying to use big words here I'm trying to describe it it's really it's really a beautiful thing you should come visit if you're local um 
but also just the like this is when the rubber meets the road when people financially take care of you like the the verse says out of their generosity they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them you guys david and i our cars are just so old (laughs) and david's has like over three hundred thousand miles on it because yes we travel to do our ministry and everything and we finally started, you know, asking people if they would rent us a car because our car was getting so worn down. And there came a point we were down at the church. It was the two days before the church launch and we were at a worship night, the last like celebration worship night before the launch on Sunday. On a Friday night, we were backing out from that worship night. We had stayed late. We'd talked to people. So it was late. And as we're turning out in the parking lot, we hear this pop and this like weird crunchy noise <laughs> and, and David knew that his joints on his tires were kind of they were kind of scary like loose and so we get out and we see the tire on the passenger front side was just completely disconnected like from the steering like it didn't fall off thank goodness but it was no longer steerable like so you turn all the tires that one just stayed turned inward the way that it was and um could have been really scary if that happened like on the interstate um thank the good lord it did not but it happened in that parking lot and david and i um have really been trying to pay off um debt our wedding uh honeymoon all those things like we are really wanting to get out of debt so that we can be freed up to do ministry and not have like a lot of bills over our heads and we just want to be good stewards of our money and so we're we're really cracking down on that in this season and um so when it broke off, I was just kind of like, oh man, like, cause we were about to pay off our wedding loan. So I was like, no, we are so close, you know, to paying this off. And now the car is broken and we're going to pay for that if we can. And, you know, it was one of those moments you're like, ah, but, but also we were, the church was about to launch and our car was stuck in the parking lot. <laughs> and that night, um, that's when we were so overwhelmed by the kindness of these people. They were all like, you know, checking on us and we're like, we're fine. But then the pastor himself actually drove us home that night and me and David came inside and we were like, who are these people? Like, why are they so nice? And honestly, they're just doing what the Bible says. Like they're just being Jesus. Like it is that simple. That's how we should be. And they're amazing people. And so the next day we got the car towed out of there and the next thing we know they start cash apping like cashing on cash app or venmo but cash apping us and like sending us cash like their whole team like different people that are in the band or just a part of the ministry or just the family members started cash apping us and they covered completely us to fix that car and of course David and I were so overwhelmed. We've never experienced anything like this. And we were like, we're going to start a savings account so we can help other people too when, you know, something of theirs breaks. And um, we want to, like, it's just like this. I've always wanted, I studied the book of Acts in college. And when I read this, this section of the book, uh, I took like a whole course on it. And when we got to this part, I was like that is what I want like that is church that's what I'm looking for and I was in college a long time ago so I've been looking for this and praying for this for a very long time and um so it's not like 
it's just the whole package. It's family. It really does feel like family. And um, we were so, so grateful. But honestly, like, money is... A, we were talking about it at church on Sunday about how money is um, such a stronghold for people because they think they have strength and power in that. But we have to trust God with that. And and realize that when you, you give money, you're, you're sowing a seed. And like pe- those people at that church sowed such a seed of faith in us and changed us. Like we are changed forever because of those seeds that were sown into us through helping us get our car fixed, as simple as that seems. And um, yeah, I just like, I've been changed by being immersed in this community. I've been changed since I left my tower all those years ago in East Tennessee and came to Nashville and surrounded in this community. But this transition we have just jumped into a deeper level like we have been praying for deeper relationships and really being vulnerable with people and getting out of the house and not giving up showing up not giving up meeting together I'm telling you it's so easy especially as it gets colder and it gets darker earlier we're going to be tempted just to stay in but you guys it's just not good for us we need to be out there we need to be among the people of God we need to be sharing meals together sit around a table together just try it just try it don't gossip when you get around the table (laughs) remember to build up and to encourage one another pray together share your requests if someone shares a request pray for them right there on the spot don't do this i'll pray for you thing and forget to you know later but actually do it on the spot oh my goodness you guys this is 29 minutes long listen I'm very passionate about this. I'm sorry I've been talking so long. I'll probably do another podcast on this. But as you can tell, our lives have been changed by this. I pray for you right now. I'm just going to pray for you. And Lord, if anyone is in isolation, help them to discern whether they're in a season of hiddenness or isolation or if they're overlapping, like it's time for them to kind of step out. Um, But also, hiddenness doesn't mean isolation. Hiddenness does not mean that you're alone. So if anyone is confusing, you know, isolation with him, just give them discernment. Just give them discernment to know. Um, And also, I just pray for courage for those that are afraid to step into the new thing that you have for them. I pray that you would empower them in Jesus' name, that you would give them the keys to unlock that door, um, the keys of courage and the keys of of destiny that you have on their life, Lord. I pray that um, you would show them the goodness of God as they step into community, as they step into friendship, as they step into a room of people that are better than them at what they do. God, that you would pour out encouragement and support, that you would surround them with cheerleaders, um, and that you would teach them to cheer on others as well. God, that you would draw us back to Acts chapter 2, And you would remind us of the good things that the people of God have for each other. And that you would teach us to do these things here and now. Because in this age, we are craving community more than anything. We are craving love and affirmation. And we know that we find that as children of God, as your children, that you affirm us, God. And we thank you for that. And so we would just ask that you would place us into communities and groups that we can find that love that we can find the goodness of God in thank you so much Jesus for making a way for us where there was no way for tearing that curtain so that we can enter into the presence of God 
and be with you eternally forever. Thank you for your blood, Jesus, and for the cleansing of our sins and washing us white as snow. You are so worthy to be praised. Teach us to praise you in every moment, in the quiet moments, in the busy moments, in the in-between. We love you. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you hung with me this long, you are a true friend. Until next time, however long that may be, you can keep up with me on social media. I am Jenna Grace May, and we can connect on there.